live here in a second. And I can see the counter going. It takes a moment sometimes before somebody, we can see that people are in here. There you go. I can see that people are coming in. What's the weather like in Charlotte today? A little bit chillier, but gorgeous. It's We may get a little bit of a spring before we just dive headfirst into very hot summer. So fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 It's nice here too. It's above freezing. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is that always right. be nice. <laughs> Let's kick things off. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Awesome. Today we've got Stacy Brown Randall. And uh, just before we start the intros, I want to remind everyone that it is April and April is survey month. And so until the end of the month, please, if you haven't already, just take less than 60 seconds, head over to dcbsurvey.com. Uh, and yes, I get to see demographic data about who watches a YouTube channel. But what most of you don't know is that uh, more than half the people that consume the content actually do so on the audio uh, podcast feed, which has no way of knowing who's listening to the show. So it's just a few basic questions. I ask you about who you are, what your aims are, what your interests are. And there's plenty of spots there where you can fill in stuff that you're curious about or want more content on. It helps me make a better show. And of course, there are some prizes and giveaways. So if you haven't already, head over to dcbsurvey.com, fill that in so that uh, we can, uh, well, I'm going to do a show in May. I'm going to tell you guys who you are. How about that? Uh, and it's going to be very interesting because I'm being surprised by some of the data already. And with that out of the way, welcome, Stacy. Great to see you again. Thank you for having me, David. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Stacy and I spoke a couple months ago because we recorded a a an expert call because you were a guest speaker for our my business buyer adventure group coaching program. And today we're going to be talking about a little bit of some of the same topics. We're going to be talking about referrals and most importantly, thinking about how to create a system within the business that actually leads to referrals instead of you know what I guess what else is there's the hope strategy you just I hope people refer you know me to other people I guess is probably the other way that people do it why don't we get things kicked off Stacy why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you ended up becoming focused on referrals and referral processes yeah I think the most important thing that people need to know and understand about everything that well that we'll talk about but that I always talk about and why I'm so passionate about referrals is because it starts off by a, a membership badge that I have and I am a card carrying member of the business failure club and it is with that experience that when my first business failed and I decided to try again because I knew I was meant to be an entrepreneur, um, I was like, okay, we got to figure out how not to land the two-time member of the Business Failure Club. Let's see if I can figure this out a little bit differently. And it was everything about that business failure and then trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make a, a successful business happen? What's that going to ultimately look like? Um, and referrals was a huge key piece and everything about the trajectory for where I am now, not only in how I started my second business and figured out how to generate referrals in a way that worked for me and not the way that Icky 
ways that they tell you how to do it, like asking for them, but then had success with it and growing my second business, which at the time was a productivity and business coaching practice, using referrals to grow that business. And then my clients are like, hey, can you teach us your referral strategy? And so it was a big moment to pass the mark of like knowing that here I am now I've lasted longer than the first business, which lasted four years. And now we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary this year. Nice. Yeah, it's been great. And it's really, it all came down to, Hey, I want to figure out how to grow my business. But it's well, but also easy if that, if that's possible and referrals really are the way to do it, but they're not, if you don't have a strategy, actually, they're quite frustrating if you're just using the hope strategy or using methodologies that you don't want to use to generate those referrals. Now you mentioned in very quickly in passing there, an icky strategy, like asking for referrals. And, um, I, I want to open up that can of worms because of course, I know many people have probably experienced dealing with you know, a business or a salesperson, or I, I've seen this, especially in things like insurance or financial products, like investing where, you know, you, you, maybe you make a decision to do something. And then the person says, well, now can you give me the names of four of your friends that might also need something? And you're like, well, hmm, I don't feel, know if I feel comfortable doing it that way. Like, can you talk a little bit about that, about, about why that doesn't necessarily work very well? Yes. And so, you know, it's interesting because people, we all have that happen to us, right? And in some cases as a business owner, you may have been taught you need to do that to other people. And there's this uncomfortableness. There's this awkwardness, right? And if you're on the receiving end of it, what I've realized is that most of the time it's the person who is asking you for referrals, isn't paying attention to how you're feeling about it as on the receiving end, which also then means they don't understand the science behind what makes mm. referrals happen to begin with. Because once you know the science behind what makes referrals happen, you would never ask somebody because it's actually violating the science and it's actually shortchanging and reducing um, whether or not this person will ever refer you in the future. And so it's it's really important for people to understand just because advice around referrals has been out there for decades, like longer than I've been alive, more than likely, doesn't mean it's the only way to generate referrals. And if, it, if that stuff doesn't work for you, like compensating, you know, like the idea that you got to be networking all the time, you got to be asking, you got to be promotional and gimmicky. If those don't work for you, that doesn't mean you can't generate referrals, but it does mean you're going to have to find a strategy to do that. Great. People are already loading in here. We like Kevin in Central Florida says, good morning. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? And we have Victor, who uh, uh, is over in the UK, who says he's looking forward to finding out something new. Great to have you along here, Victor. And for any of you that add comments or questions, we will be getting to them as we move through the conversation. So please don't be shy about, uh, about asking some questions. So why don't you take us, get, let's talk about your business and you, know, you, were, you were out looking for customers. Let's talk about your own experience and how you kind of discovered this issue uh, in your own prospecting for clientele. Yeah. I mean, it really can be summed up with a desperation not to land back in the business failure club for a second time, but not really knowing what to do other than the fact that I didn't want to generate referrals the way that we had all been taught, which is the asking piece and all those things we just talked mm. about. And so really it can be best summed up as I just threw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall. I mean, it really was like, let's just see what sticks because I didn't know, I didn't have the benefit of knowing now 
back then what I know, right? And so it was like, okay, so they're telling you that you have to ask, is it, can you just do it? Is there a way to do it differently? Can, and it was really like, let me try this, let me try this. And there wasn't a rhyme or reason necessarily to what I was attempting. It was anything that would help me get business and generate referrals that didn't feel icky and awkward and then paying attention to what happened. And I'll be honest, I knew I was generating referrals in that first year as I was throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what strategies stuck and what tactics and what language and all the pieces, like what was sticking. And that was great. But it wasn't until the end of that first year that I went back and actually looked at my tracker of where I was capturing the clients or prospects coming in the door and where they were coming from that I realized, oh my gosh, I got 112 referrals in that first year of my second business that I didn't ask for. And it was at that point, I was like, oh, I am so onto something. How do I replicate that for myself? And it was at that point where I had clients saying, yeah, now replicate that for us too, which then when you have to teach it to somebody else, it forces you to figure out what you're doing, what's the strategy. And then I eventually uncovered, oh, this is actually on based on the science behind referrals, paying attention to what's happening in the brain when somebody's giving a referral paying attention to the psychology of trust and a few part, parts of the behavioral economic piece, like, oh, there's actually science behind why my methodology is working. Um, but it all kind of revealed itself over time. It wasn't like I woke up one day and I was like, and today I'm going to be brilliant when it comes to referrals, because that's definitely not how it happened. Okay. So, so there's, there's a couple of things I want, I want to get into there, but before we do, can you tell us what is it inside a client that makes them want to refer a service provider like like what what do i have to experience or what do i need to get in doing business with someone for me to then have that positive glowing feeling where i want to share um, other people with this service provider so i would say typical advice that you hear someone would say is if you do a great job people will refer you but we all know that's not true because then we'd be getting all the referrals we could possibly get, right? As long as we were continuing to do a great job. So there's a myth that all you have to do is do great work and deliver right, great work and great value to your clients. And then they'll all, they'll all each and every one of them will refer you. That's actually not what it takes for your client to refer you. Now, of course, that matters. Like that's kind of like a disclaimer. Like you can't generate referrals from your clients you know, there's other people who can refer you, but talking about it from clients specifically, you can't generate referrals from your clients if they actually don't have a great experience. And you need to have a referable client experience. It's definitely something you should consider. But the other parts to that is actually the idea that you are maintaining a relationship with them and that you are planting what we call referral seeds that kind of generates the thoughts of referrals and you and their subconsciousness as you're building that relationship. So, we always tell folks it's not about keeping in touch with your with the clients or the people who can refer you. It's about transcending that to actually make sure that you're focused on staying top of mind and mm -hmm. that how they feel about you. The impact of the relationship you have along with the right language is where that kind of secret sauce magic part comes together that it makes it all work to where clients will um, start giving more and more referrals. Okay, so you mentioned referral seed. So this is like you're planting the seed of an idea. Can you give an example of, of what you mean by that? Yeah. So language is way more powerful than we give it credit. 
And what we have found is that when we're taking care of our referral sources or we're trying to turn somebody into a referral source that's never done it, the language we use is really powerful. And there is a framework and a model that I teach my clients, like a formula to understand how to plant your own referral seeds. Like we give a lot of scripts to help people figure it out in the beginning, but eventually I want you to understand what the formula looks like so you can actually do it yourself. Like that is what we're ultimately looking for for our clients. But it's that understanding of the idea that there's moments that happen throughout normal course of conversation with clients that would allow itself to be able to start planting referral seeds. So here's one that everybody can do in a situation that everybody will come across. And it's when you are meeting up with somebody, whether you're grabbing coffee with somebody or you're at a networking event, or you're just like walking your dog down the street and you run into another neighbor, right? Nine times out of 10, there's going to be the question that's how's business. Hey, David, how's business going? How's it going? Like, what's up? What's new? Right. And most people answer that question with the very simple answer of it's great. It's busy. It's crazy. Right. Maybe if you're being honest. And the reality of it is, is that you're missing an opportunity to plant a referral seed. Now, does that mean the referral seed you plant in this moment will actually bear any fruit? No. Right. There's no guarantee that's going to happen, but you have to start somewhere and you have to start um, casting those seeds out there. Now, we teach referral seeds are very specific and different when you're dealing with a client versus a center of influence. And when you're looking right. at that from the perspective of referrals from someone who has referred you before versus someone who's never referred you. So the language piece is different. But in this case, you're talking to someone, let's assume they've never referred you before, just a colleague, right? Somebody you know it from a networking event. And they're like, hey, David, how's business? How I want you to respond to that is, oh, well, Stacy, thanks so much for asking. Business is actually great. Actually, I was just looking over our first quarter results from this year. And noticing that all the awesome new clients we brought on board, and it's really cool that 75% of them came from referrals. That's the best way to grow a business that we have found. How are things going for you? So you're not trying to have them have this huge conversation about it. You're just answering the question with a conversation around referrals. Will that be the one thing they walk away from the conversation with? We don't know. Right. Again, this is one of those more generic referral seeds that you can plant in a moment when someone said, how's business or how's it going? Um, and you're sharing that. So instead of just a general general answer, you can give them more of a referral specific one. But you could get into a whole conversation about referrals. And then that will be the one thing that person remembers when they walk away from that conversation. Now, one conversation is not going to unleash a river of referrals into your business. Let's be really clear. But it is understanding these moments where you can capitalize on planting referral seeds. And that's just an example of one that we teach. So you're basically just slipping in this little hint that other people are already referring you. So that yeah. maybe their their subconscious is then going to later think, well, should I be referring people here too? Like, do I know anyone I should be referring? Right. I mean, that's right. what that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to stimulate that. Yeah. Or if the opportunity comes across, right, this will be what they remember from that perspective. I mean, the big thing people overlook with referrals is that for someone to refer someone to you and put their reputation on the line and do that, they need the desire to refer to you and not your competitor. And they need the opportunity to actually present itself. So, yeah. and that's one of the biggest differences of the science piece that people overlook when they go asking for referrals. There's no opportunity. Like I'm asking, Hey, David, who do you know? who's just like you, five other people just like you that, that I should be working with. So you need to work. Can you refer them to me? 
in that moment, there's no opportunity. I am manufacturing it. I'm artificially creating it. And I'm trying to get you to do work for me. That's exactly how it lands on you. I'm like, oh, good. I just got a homework assignment from Stacy. I did not ask for that. Right. And so the idea there is when you're thinking about it in that way, it's like, okay. So that piece from that asking piece, right, is really making it about me and referrals aren't about me, right? They're about the you as the referral source, knowing somebody who has a problem. So that opportunity, it being there is important, which means because we're not forcing the opportunity and I'm going to tell you how business is and then you're going to go off about your day. I want to be seen as like the person that rem that you remember. I've occupied enough space in your mind that when that opportunity comes across three days later or 33 days later, you think, oh, wait, I know exactly somebody who can help you. I'm going to connect you with Stacy. So it's about this idea of desire and opportunity. You control the desire, never the opportunity, and then recognizing, but when that opportunity happens, who are they going to think about? Who are they going to remember? And that comes down to that desire piece and really how much space in their mind you occupy. So that's why one referral seed planted in a house business conversation that you never talk to that person again, probably is not going to bear any fruit, but it does kind of start that pattern and get to you start thinking about looking for opportunities to plant referral seeds. It's interesting because what basically what you're describing is that, um, you know, the the thing that's going to motivate someone to refer you is not actually because they want to help you in any way. It's because maybe they're talking to some other person that has a similar need and that's other person is expressing distress or a need or a problem that they're trying to solve. And, and I care about that person. And so I'm like, oh, well, if that's your problem, then you should call Stacy, because I know that she fixes that kind of problem. So it's like right. you're you're trying to make yourself subliminally subliminally there as a solution ready to go for the time that I have an opportunity to help someone else because of my relationship with them. And so it's it's really about me wanting to be helpful to that other party for whatever motivation I might have for that. If whether completely altruistically or I have another ongoing commercial relationship with that party or, or what have you. Um, you you be, the referring you becomes a solution. Yeah. to helping me build a better relationship in that other enterprise. Yes, absolutely. And if you think about it like that, right, it keeps your focus on the most important person in this entire process, which is the referral source and your relationship that you have with them, because you don't know when they're going to come across those opportunities for potential clients to send your way. And so what you just need to focus on, stop worrying about the outcome and start focusing on that relationship that you're building with that referral source, because nobody refers to you just because they met you once, even if they think you're amazing. Like we're just too busy. We have too many things coming into our yeah. brains. I mean, think about it. We can have a 45 minute conversation over coffee. I'm probably going to walk away and remember one, two, maybe three things on a good day. But we talked about stuff for 45 minutes and that's just how we are as human nature. And so it's it's recognizing that. Right. And not expecting more from people and then doing our part to be able to generate those referrals. Is is there any particular kind of business that is more uh, better suited or less suited towards trying to create a referral strategy? So the reality of this is everybody, every business, every industry absolutely can generate referrals. 
I don't work in every industry. I think that there are very specific ways that highly transactional businesses will go about generating referrals. You will see certain ways that SaaS-based companies or e-commerce-based companies will have strategies in place for how they go about generating referrals. Obviously, in the medical world or the retail world or the hospitality world, they have different ways and different strategies of generating referrals. That Those aren't the industries that I work in, and they have their own strategies somewhere better than others. Um, for me, when I'm talking to someone about referrals and they're like, hey, will this work for me? I'm paying attention to, well, talk to me about what industry you're in. And then I can tell you if I think my strategies will have the right return on investment for you. So the easy answer to your question is yes, all businesses can get referrals. What strategy you're going to deploy and who you're going to learn that from really should be dictated by the people who are like that are helping people in your industry having success. So I'm much more likely to work with folks in the professional services industry. So, you know, like attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, um, you know, marketing consultants, business coaches, that kind of space, um, architects or in the, in the creative industry. So I'll do interior designers, right? Agency owners, real estate agents. So it just kind of depends. Those are my areas because they're very, their sole focus is on building relationships with their clients, right? In each of those categories I just listed, they actually spend time with their clients. And so there's a unique relationship that is built there. And so it's from that perspective that my strategies are based and built. And not just because you're going to get referrals from clients. You can get referrals from others like centers of influence, but that's how their business model is typically structured. And that's who I'm uniquely positioned to help because they'll have with the time investment they're going to make with my strategies, they'll see the return on investment from it. From somebody who's highly transactional and it's a very volume-based business, it's not necessarily going to translate. You mentioned earlier that uh, you had a system of keeping track of all your new clients and, and finding out where they came from and, and how they, they came to be with you and that you would notice a certain number of them were coming from referrals. What what tools does someone need to have in place before it even makes sense to try a new strategy? Like, I mean, obviously, if you have no way of measuring or knowing what the outputs are, it's going to be pretty frustrating trying to trying to implement <laughs> a system. What how How should people be thinking about this from the beginning? Yeah. So if you're doing nothing, the number one thing you need to do is to start tracking where your prospects are coming from and truly track them at that level. This is not looking at the outcome in terms of who became a client and who didn't. And now where did those clients come from? It's every single prospect that enters into your prospect pipeline that's going to go through the buyer's journey. You need to be tracking who they are and where they came from. And if they were referred to you, you need to be tracking the referral source's name. So tracking solves a lot of problems and definitely helps us uncover the unknown. Um, there are some strategies I teach to folks about how to go back and recreate some of that data if they don't have it. Because a business's low-hanging fruit is, do you have people referring you now or do you not? Because if you have people referring you now, there's an entirely different strategy I want you to start with versus, hey, you don't have anybody referring you, so we need to start in a different place. And so I will have my clients go back through and be like, we're going to recreate the data so we know for a fact if you have referral sources and how many you have and if they're active or inactive. And so there's a way that we kind of walk through that information, even if you have to recreate it. But the number one piece or process that every business should have in place is tracking what is happening, because that also then tells you 
where you should be spending your marketing dollars and your sales yeah. dollars, right? I mean, so much is revealed in knowing where your clients are coming from. Um, and so that's a that's a great point of like what we always kind of start with is like, hey, before I can tell you where I want you to start with your first strategy, I need to know what's been happening. And so tracking solves that problem or recreating that data and then tracking from this point forward solves that problem too. It's it's a it's a it's a great thing, you know. I remember back when I had my career with the Yellow Pages, and this was back in the late '90s, early 2000s, when uh, the majority of inquiries into a business came in the way of a phone call. Um, I would sometimes meet with business owners who said, you know, I don't get anything from Yellow Pages. I think I'm going to cancel it. And one of the tools we had available were these two um, two section questionnaires. We'd say, well, here's a here's a survey for you to ask people when they call, and it just the first question was. How did you hear about us? And the second question was, where did you get our phone number before calling today? And sometimes the results on these surveys were amazing because people would be referred by friends. They would hear radio ads. They would like all these different sources were coming in, but then consistently, where'd you get their, your, our number before calling today? It was like yellow pages. So it was like having their ad in the yellow. And I know things have evolved from this point, but, <laughs> but a, a lot of a lot of people would believe that because people were saying, I heard you're out on the radio, that that's all they had to do to get the client. If, if they didn't have the yellow page ad, that client could have just as easily called a competitor after mm -hmm. they spent money on the radio to raise awareness of a product or service. And so what to your point, what you're talking about is you want to find out how do people find out about me? How are they hearing about me? How are they coming in contact with me? So today, and, you know, people might be saying, you know, different social media platforms or maybe the yellow pages if it's still around. Like, so you need to know this information to know what is working and what isn't working. How can um, a referral strategy differ between, a, like you just mentioned, a business where you spend a lot of time with your, your clients so that you get to know them a little bit versus like a bigger business? Like I, I get these referral um opportunities all the time from like my credit card company right they'll be like right. hey you know refer this link to five of your friends and if they sign up you'll get some bonus points um that doesn't really work very well if i try to emulate what the credit card company is doing in my own business does it it really doesn't and you know i i tell folks to think about this from the perspective of paying attention to where the tactic came from and what the tactic was trying to solve in the original industry so, and I see this and it's not always big, big business to small business. Sometimes it's just, Hey, this is what, you know, SaaS based companies or e-commerce based companies are doing. They're pushing these, you know, these referral bonuses is what they call them. We don't like to call anything that because we think a referral should never be attached to money. But in those industries, they'll call them like, you'll get this commission or you'll get these extra bonus points or whatever it is. And it's an incentivized strategy to get somebody to, you know, refer technically people that they know. And people will see that working, their version of what they think is working. And then they'll try to move it over. Well, that can totally work for, you know, us as CPAs or us as real estate agents. And they'll take what they see in other industries or with used by larger companies. And what they don't always realize is that you're a different type of business and a different type of industry and you interact with your clients very differently. The truth is, David, you probably never talk to anyone at your credit card company unless you notice a suspicious charge and then you're going to be on the phone with them. And so you're only calling for customer service. They're not having communications with you. They're not having conversations with you. They're not like, you know, the interior designer that's sitting in your kitchen helping you redesign it or the attorney that's helping you make sure that you have the right partnership agreement in place. Like, 
there's a different relationship that you have with those bigger companies. And so they do things at scale and at volume, right? And they're expecting like that many people to actually participate because that many people of right. their huge volume is enough for them, right? Most of the time people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. I can get some bonus points. And then you don't remember it 30 seconds later, but at that scale and at that volume that bigger companies are doing it. And there is a, there's a separation between the relationship that they have with their clients and customers. Those strategies work. They do not translate into other industries, right? Because at that point, it just looks like you're trying to incentivize for referrals. And that's not typically what we expect from our marketing consulting firm. Like that's not what we're expecting to see from somebody who's actually just helped us do a complete and total rebrand of our business. We expect that from Uber. We expect that from our credit card company, right? right? We expect that from larger companies where there's a massive disconnect and there's no communication direct human to human with that company. Unless of course there's a problem. Victor raises an interesting, uh, interesting comment here. He says, uh, by telling someone that you get lots of business from referrals, you might get some people to ask you to refer <laughs> them to others. That way, it's two-way. And I think this is an interesting comment because I've had people before talk to me about how you don't necessarily want to get into a relationship where it's assumed that because they're referring people to you, you have to refer people to them. And, and I'll, I'll give you one precise example. I had a good friend many years ago who was a mortgage broker. And, you know, he said to me that he's trying to get all the real estate agents to refer people to him to get a mortgage, but he can't refer people to every one of those real estate agents because at the time there were six or seven realtors for every mortgage broker. So it was, it was lopsided. So, so how do you avoid getting into a scenario where somebody then expects that you have some sort of mutually exclusive kind of referral relationship? Yeah. So this actually comes up a lot and it's, it happens in more industries than people think. Um, the reality of it is, is we don't teach that just because someone refers to you, that the way that you make it right, so to speak, is to refer to them because that's not always going to be possible. It was, it was no different when, with me. When I started my second business and I was a productivity and business coach, I had a lot of financial advisors that would refer their business owner clients to me. And so this is like where the beginning of my strategy started working. Well, the truth is, if my expectation was the only way those financial advisors are going to keep referring me, their business owner clients, is if I refer them to people with money, the problem is I didn't know enough people with money to be able to actually refer all those financial advisors to a potential new client. And I didn't have those kind of conversations with everybody that I knew as well to make it actually a referral that's a real referral. And so we teach that your obligation, when somebody is referring people to you, your obligation is how you take care of them. And that can mean a lot of different things and does not have to mean sending referrals back to them, particularly if it's not possible. If it is possible and you can and will, well, then, of course, right? Your, but, your obligation is in taking care of the person referred. Yes. Right? No, no, no. Just, your obligation. Be... No, your obligation is in taking care of the referral source, the person who's referring people to you. Of course, you're going to take care of the potential client. That's going to follow your client experience, right? Like whatever process you take when someone's referred to you or comes to a Facebook ad, right? You're taking them through your client experience. I'm talking about the referral source, the person who's referring those people to you. Your obligation is not to be able to refer back to them. Right? It's not tit right. for tat, right? Your obligation is how you take care of that referral source, that person who is referring folks to you. That is how we create a strategy that keeps people referring to us, even when we can never refer back to them. And that's the strategy that people have in place that builds on that relationship 
plants those referral seeds, has the right cadence and the right outreach parts that we're looking for, and is based on the science of what actually makes someone consider referring you again. And so, but it, this all comes down to you just being a good human. Like lots of times, David, it really does come down to you just being like, hey, you do something for me and I really appreciate it. I just want to make sure you know that. Like at the end of the day, I just want to make sure you know that. It's like just reminding yourself to have some really good human tactics in place as well. So in, in taking care of the referral source, what, what you're talking about is, you know, you get that referral, you do business with the new person, but then you want to create some kind of pattern of, or system around making sure that you recognize the referral and you sort of like a, a, a reinforcement of that behavior with the re referral source. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, we do it two ways. Number one is every time you're referred, you need to send a handwritten thank you note to the referral source, thanking them for the person they just referred to you, right? Because we want to make sure that they, your referral source, doesn't ever feel like you take for granted their referrals. But the mm -hmm. second layer to that, and what is, that's just a process. We get a, it's like an if then. If we get a referral, then we send a thank you note to the referral source, right? That's just a process that happens and should happen naturally within your business and almost automatically, even though you do need to stop and actually handwrite that note. The, the deeper la layer that we're actually building and the strategy that's in place is how are we going to take care of our referral sources throughout a 12-month calendar that's going to make sure that we're impacting how they feel about us, which is also then giving us the opportunity to direct how they think about us and doing it in a way that is impactful, memorable, and meaningful, which means it's not daily, it's not monthly, and it's not even, sorry, it's not daily, it's not weekly, and it's not even monthly, right? You don't need to be like hitting people all the time so they think to refer you. You need to be impactful in what you do do and focus on really building that relationship. And so we create a, a strategy that's like usually five to seven different outreaches that you'll do over the course of 12 months. And depending on budget and what you want to do and who your people are def defines what those will ultimately be. Variety is the spice of life at this. But it's how we take care of our referral sources in between them actually giving us referrals because we never know when the referrals are coming right? That's that opportunity piece. But we're building the desire by this strategy of how we are actually making sure our referral sources don't have the opportunity to forget about us because we haven't mm. forgotten about them. But that's wrapped in the what you do, the what you're saying when you do it, variety of what you're doing, and the cadence behind it as well. And so there's a whole formula of how we teach our clients to build out that, what we call it's like an outreach plan or a touch point plan to your existing referral sources, the people currently referring it, it, you. It's literally a, a marketing campaign to a very specific audience uh, to make sure that they uh, you are top of mind with those people. Yes, except for we would never call it a marketing campaign because the minute you put marketing on it, people think sales language right. and they think, right, and they they think about putting themselves front and center. You almost never, actually you don't ever talk about your own business and what you do at any on any level in your referral strategy. Yes, you talk about that in marketing. Yes, you talk about that in sales. You talk about that in prospecting, right, because you're in sales mentality mode. When you're in referral mentality mode, this is about the relationship you have with that person, your referral source. So we wouldn't call it a marketing campaign. We legit think about marketing and prospecting and referrals as three separate things you do in your sales strategy. And referrals, the whole language is different. And it's really important we don't violate that. 
Victor comments, I just remembered to give you a like. Thank you, Victor. Uh, in fact, <laughs> anyone out there listening should please just reach out and hit the thumbs up button. I would really appreciate that because it helps the algorithm refer this program to other new people. And it would be an even bigger help if you're listening or watching this. If you know someone who's a, interested in business stuff who could benefit from joining us and watching uh, this uh, my channel to refer me to them or refer them to me, I guess is how we would say it. I would appreciate it very much, everyone. Thank you. Um, so another, here's a more specific question. This is from uh, Carlos who says, great topic. What insights can you share for those of us selling cleaning recurring services to commercial customers or companies? And so I, I think this, maybe the advice could apply to any kind of um, you know, recurring charge sort of subscription-based business-to-business service. What would you say to Carlos? Yeah, so there's, when we teach our referral generation strategy, there's not a difference between B2B or B2C, right? When we're looking at folks that are in the industries that we serve, it's all H to H, right? It's all human to human. This is about mm -hmm. you having a relationship with the people who have the opportunity to refer you or you having a relationship with the people who are currently referring you. And so in that case, you know, you even have a better opportunity to generate referrals from clients if you're showing up every week or every month, right? As part of that recurring service. Now you can't like, like roll in every single time you're there or your staff can't roll in every single time they're there and like start trying to drop referral seed language. It's going to feel weird and awkward and uncomfortable if you're doing it all the time. But those ongoing client experiences are the ones where you have the best opportunity to continue to, to be able to generate referrals from them if you have the right strategy in place. So within our strategy, which we call referable client experience, so we have like a number of like we have more than 15 different strategies that we teach. One of our three foundational strategies is this one called the referable client experience. And we teach within there that you have got um, the different stages of your client experience. So there's the new stage, there's the active stage, and then there's the alumni stage. If you're in a business like Carlos, though, where you're like, I don't ever want them to go alumni. I want them to stay a business that we are continuing to work for for years and years, your active stage really doesn't end. It just moves into ongoing and you don't actually have that third alumni stage. But we teach in that and that strategy, not only is it building up a like doing the things that actually make you referable. So having a really good sticky client experience and sticky in the good way. Um, but then also you have those opportunities where you are throughout those stages, knowing when you're going to repeatedly for every client that's at that stage, there's a referral seed being planted. And then also recognizing the moments that are kind of going to bubble up within a client experience with certain clients, but not all clients where there's the greater potential that they could refer you. And so we teach looking for all those things. So I would say with Carlos, like when we have someone like a CPA, I want to do your taxes every year, right? I'm your bookkeeper. I want to do your books every single year. In his case, we want to clean your office every single month, right? You have a more of an opportunity to notice those referral moments, but that also means you also sometimes are lulled until complacency because it's that reoccurring, it's, oh, they're there, they're our client, mm -hmm. right? You have to be really cognizant of paying attention to those potential referral moments and making sure you've got those strategies in place. And that can't always be left to the staff that's in front of the client, if that's the case. And sometimes, you know, it's gotta be a joint effort with what I would call like business owner headquarters, and then also maybe the employees that are going to be um, working with the client on an ongoing basis. Well, it, you know, when you, when you mentioned that these strategies are H to H, human to human, it, one of the questions that popped into my mind is, does that mean that if you have a company where 
uh, you know, maybe there's an owner, maybe there are some salespeople or customer service people. Does it mean that there could be multiple referral strategies at play because of the different customer facing individuals within your, your business? Or do you try to create sort of a, a be all strategy that everyone is on board with? How, how is that solution usually crafted? So uh, this question always cracks me up because a lot of times when I'm being asked this question, there is, and not in this case, but like I was just speaking at a conference this past weekend and somebody came up to me and he was like, so I have a team of salespeople, but I don't always trust that they do what I tell them to do. So how do I make sure that a strategy we would put in place would actually be executed by them? So the solution that I typically tell people to think about when you have a team is it depends on who you want to own the referral relationship. So who's going to own that referral source relationship? If they're going to be owned by the owner, then it's a company strategy and parts of it may be executed on by the marketing department or some of the salespeople. But if you want the salespeople to generate their own referrals, then they each need to have their own referral strategy and that the company can support them in certain ways, right, with their individual strategies. But their strategy may look different than the salesperson that sits in the cubicle next to them. And so it just depends on who's going to own the relationship, so to speak, with that referral source, because obviously that all of our out, outreach is happening to another person. So it just depends. Is that owner owner owned or is that going to be individual team member owned? And then we build the strategy from there. A lot of times they look very similar, but we do have to know who is executing on this so we can pay attention to the nuances. Oh, interesting. Interesting. What what are some of the biggest sort of failures or challenges people run into when they're trying to put these things together? Like, <laughs> can you tell us some stories maybe of, of how it may not have worked well? And then we'll, then we'll get some good, good news stories after that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I love the most about my clients is that they are committed to the process and they have patience and they trust the process because most people are usually, even though they know one hit wonders, don't really work long-term and they know there's probably not an easy button, business owners typically go into that mode of just looking for it anyway. Like, is there just a faster way to do this? Is there just an easier way to do this? Can I just shortcut? Can I hack through all the things I want to do? And when it comes to referrals, we're talking about humans. We're talking about other people and there isn't a hack that you can do. There isn't necessarily a huge shortcut that you should be looking for. And we have to pay attention to this could take time. Now, do I have people have great success in 90 days? Of course. Do I have people have success in six months or a year? Of course. But the reality is, is that they're consistent with their execution. So where I typically see people who are, who like never get it started is because they never get it started. Like they build out the plan and then they don't start execution. Your intentions mean nothing. The fact that you intend to take care of your referral sources means actually nothing because you're not actually doing it. Or others who like, this happens sometimes. I'll have somebody who like has a great first and second year, right? They've gone through the programs. They've learned our strategies. They're putting them into place. They're like, look at this amazing first year I had. They're like, oh, look at this amazing second year I had. And then they rest on their laurels. And they're like, it'll just serve me yeah. for the next 10 years. And their third year, they're like, why did my referrals take a nosedive? I'm like, well, how much of the strategy did you execute on? And they'd be like, well, none. Or I did one or two things. Um, so we don't necessarily, I mean, obviously, if you're aligned with the right mindset of what we do, right, that is, I mean, we are looking for people who want to take care of their referral sources. So like, if you're dead inside and only worried about yourself, it's not going to work for you no matter what you do. But the reality there is, is when we are looking at people having success, it's you're willing to do the work. There is no shortcut to doing the work and building these relationships. Now, 
What I don't mean is, oh, I've got to do five to seven touch points and I've got 20 referral sources. Wait, 20 times seven is how much? Wait, that's a ton of individual outreach. We don't do individual outreach. We do five to seven touch points for that group of 20. And every time we do an outreach, it's the same outreach to that group of 20. But because we know who those people are and we're paying attention to the formula of being memorable and meaningful, it still feels individualized when they receive it. So we work processes and systems into it to make it easier. But at the end of the day, you still got to do the work. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about like uh, in this plan over the course of the years, you might at certain times, maybe you want to send them like a card or like a small gift or piece of swag. Like, is that what we're talking about? So their variety is a spice of life. It's actually one of the, the tenants that we pay attention to from a behavioral economics perspective. So you can't just send a card to somebody seven times this year and think that's going to trigger them to send you referrals. And you can't take someone to coffee seven times this year and think that's right. going to trigger someone to refer you. But it is looking at like, what does your budget allow? And then looking at our framework that we teach our clients about what those touch points would be and making sure there's variety behind them. But you mentioned promo swag. And that's actually one thing that is not allowed in our referral strategy. You can have promo swag and you can send it to your clients. You can send it to your prospects. You can put it out at your trade show booth when you're sponsoring something. That's great. But when it comes to referral sources, if you think your promo swag is a gift, it is only a gift for you. It's actually not a gift for your referral source. So that's one thing we are like, absolutely not. No logoed items going out the door. But some people build a touch point plan and there's no gifts because the budget doesn't allow that. That doesn't mean there isn't a variety of what their touch points are and helping our clients figure out what that's going to be for them based on what they want to do, what they're comfortable doing, what's authentic to them, what they can afford, but also paying attention to most importantly, what their referral sources need. It's pretty easy to craft out something that has great variety, but it is different for every person. Oh, this is, this is interesting. And I know that, uh, that you're, you're stimulating a lot of different ideas here in the back of my own head, like about <laughs> what maybe I should be thinking about and stuff. So when somebody works with you, what does that look like? You have that you have a framework for how people are going to build one of these plans. So can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that people work with us is that some of our main foundational strategies, like most of the ones that we've been talking about are available as an online self-study program. So you can say, hey, I've got people referring me. I want to learn the strategy to identify them correctly, build out my plan, know how the language is, and then execute on it and track my results over a year. We have that in our growth by referrals online program where you get that whole strategy and it's delivered in a self-study format. We have a couple of those. Um, but for the for the business owner that's thinking, hey, I see my referrals the way Stacy ultimately teaches them, which is this referral ecosystem. And there's lots of places where referrals could be if we had the right processes and systems or just said the right things in these moments. Um, I want to learn them all. We actually have 19 different strategies that we teach to business owners You'll never need them all, but we have a coaching program called Building a Referrable Business where you create, you complete some pre-work. From there, I know exactly which of the strategies I'm going to stack for you first and then have you go through mm -hmm. before I give you another stack that you'll actually go through. And that is where you actually, in our coaching program, we actually do it together. Yes, you're still going to learn the stuff through our online programs, through our online learning um portal, but you're going to have access to me every week to ask questions. So there's one-on-one -on -one time and there's group time where, Hey, I'm learning, I'm implementing growth by referrals. This is what I came across. Can you help me like solve this problem or think about this differently? 
And then I review everything that my clients do as well. So it just depends on how you like to absorb information and learn. If you want to do it with me, we've got BRB coaching program. If not, we've got the individual online training programs as well. It's all the same content. It just depends on how much do you want access to and how much access to me do you want as well, whether the coaching program is right for you versus maybe just going through the online self-study program. And how do people find you online, Stacey, if they want to reach out and have a conversation with you? Yep, absolutely. So the website is the home base. It's exactly how I spell my name, stacybrownrandall.com. And Stacy is spelled with an E. Right there on the homepage, you'll actually see a comparison chart. We actually compare the different ways that we work with folks and kind of give you a highlighted overview of what that looks like. Um, and then, of course, you can always reach out. We have a contact tab as well. If you've got questions, we can schedule time to chat to figure out which is the right way for you to work with me. And then, of course, you'll see all the philosophy stuff, all the success stories our clients have had, all that is available there on the website. Awesome. And um, what I'll do is as soon as we're done, I'm going to update the YouTube show notes to include that URL. And so uh, and, and so it'll be there and easy for everyone to find. But awesome. I want to thank you, Stacey. It's been, I think, a super interesting conversation. I know that you know people appreciate referrals and, they, and they're really happy when their name gets passed along or someone is sent to them. But um, I, I got to be honest, like I'm, I never sat down before in any of the businesses that I had and actually sat down and created a referral plan program uh, <laughs> like what you're describing. But I can certainly see the benefits of this. And I think it would be helpful for a lot of people that are tuned in. Oh, yes, absolutely. And an easier way to grow your business once you get everything in place. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to say see you later. And um, we're going to listen to uh, a, a couple of words from uh, today's video sponsor. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks. Special thanks go to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and have gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos. This episode of Small Business and Deal Making is brought to you by smbpodcastnetwork.com. The network is a collection of podcasts and shows from around the internet, which focus on bringing you interviews with amazing guests who share actionable advice, ideas, and information for small and medium-sized business owners and entrepreneurs. Visit www.smbpodcastnetwork.com to find more great shows and easily subscribe to be notified of new episodes. It's a great way to discover quality content. And if you've discovered us today via the network, then I hope you're enjoying the show and will consider subscribing directly so you never miss any one of our great episodes.